0: boys and girls, and welcome to Storytime with Avant-Garde Books. I'm Sheree Hardy, and today I will continue reading We Are the Ship, the story of Negro League Baseball, written and illustrated by Kadir Nelson. If you have a copy, feel free to read along with me, but if you don't, it's quite okay. Just get in a very comfortable place, get relaxed, and listen to We Are the Ship, the story of Negro League Baseball. Third inning, life in the Negro League. It was a rough life, ride, 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 Milton Smith, pitcher. We played in a rough league. We had a number of really unsavory characters like Charleston and Judd Wilson to contend with, as well as pitchers who didn't have a problem throwing at us. But that was something we have accepted as part of the game. I think what made our time a bit harder than most is what we had to deal with in addition to that. White fans would call us names and throw stuff at us on the field. And we couldn't say a word. In some places we traveled to, we couldn't get a glass of water to drink, even if we had money to, buy, to pay for it. And by then, water was free. We did an awful lot of traveling, mostly in buses. They were nice buses to begin with, but they weren't the kind that were made for riding every day. We ran those poor buses ragged. Many a time we'd ride all day and night and arrive just in time to play a game. Then we'd get back on that hot bus and travel to the next town for another game, often without being able to take a bath. I gotta say, that cramped bus would get pretty ripe on some of those summer nights after a double hitter. Woo! This was all season long. All of that traveling would wear on you. Many times, the only sleep we got was on the bus, but that could be hard because we had to take the back roads to get to some of those little towns, and they were so bumpy. They'd have us bouncing around the bus like popcorn on a hot stove. Fastest we could go was about 35 to 40 miles an hour. If the driver got sleepy, A couple of the guys on the team would take turns driving the bus. To pass the time, we played cards and sang Old Negro Spirituals or Barbershop Numbers. Just about every team had a quartet. They'd be our entertainment for most of the way. Some guys could really sing. Most people don't know it. But Satchel Paige had a wonderful singing voice, and so did Buck Leonard. We would listen to them and try to join in. Traveling was even rougher down south. They didn't take too kindly to black folks down there, especially if you were from up north. We would have to travel several hundred miles without stopping because we couldn't find a place where we could eat along the way. It's a hurtful thing when you're starving and have a pocket full of money but can't find a place to eat because they don't serve Negroes. And you could get forget about trying to use the restroom in those places you would just have to hold it or stop the bus and do your business in the woods. We had to get used to it. After a while, we learned which places we could stop at and which ones we couldn't. They didn't have any fast food places back then. Many times, we wouldn't get food to eat before a game. And if we did, it usually wasn't much. We would have to play a double header on only two hot dogs and soda pop. If we couldn't buy food from a restaurant or hot dog stand, We'd stop at a grocery store and get some sandwiches or sardines and crackers. Sometimes those grocery store clerks didn't want to serve us either. One time a store clerk clerk told us to put our money in an ashtray if we wanted to buy something. He grabbed the money out of the ashtray and put the change back in it. He didn't want to touch our hands, but he sure did touch that money. I guess he had to draw the line somewhere. Just didn't make any sense. It was segregated in the north too. They wouldn't serve us inside a restaurant so we had to get our food on the back door and eat on the bus. We'd send one guy to buy food for the whole team. Hotels were segregated too. Many times we would get to a town after riding all day only to spend a few more hours searching for a place to stay. The minute we arrived inexplicably every hotel would be full. If we couldn't find any place to stay, we would have to sleep on the bus. Some of the smaller clubs slept crammed crammed in their cars or even in the ballpark because they couldn't afford to stay in a hotel. Some teams slept at the YMCA, the local jail, even funeral homes. In cities we stayed in, Negro hotels or Negro rooming houses, we slept two, three guys to a bed. That's all the team owner could afford. A number of the Negro hotels were very clean and neat. But more than a few times, we would run into those places. And I don't want to call out any names, but they had so many bedbugs, you'd have to put a newspaper between the mattress and the sheet. And then the other places we had to sleep with the lights on because the bedbugs would crawl over you when the lights went out. You can't sleep with a bug on your legs. I don't care how tough you are. In small towns, we'd stay with local families. During the game, the manager would send someone to find people who would put us up for the night. By the time the game was over, we all had places to stay. Sometimes the colored church would fix us a meal, and I'll tell you, that was some good eating. If we got to a town and we had a little time to kill, we'd go fishing or watch catch a movie. Back then, a movie ticket only cost about 25 cents, and you could stay in the theater all day if you wanted to. We had to go through the back entrance, though, because they only allowed Negroes to sit in the balcony. There would usually be three levels in the theater, and the white audience would sit at the bottom. That whole middle section would be empty. As if the owners wanted us to be as far away from the white audience as possible. That kind of thing seems silly today, but that's how it was back then. All right, boys and girls, I am going to stop here. This is our part six, and I will continue reading. Take care, boys and girls. Thank you for listening. Again, this is We Are the Ship, the story of Negro League Baseball. This book was written and illustrated by Kadir Nelson. Have a beautiful day, boys and girls.